It's a good show. I'm Mitchell Froome, and you're listening to Radio 8 Ball with Andras Jones. Radio 8 Ball. Radio 8 Ball. Radio 8 Ball. Radio A-Ball Radio A-Ball Give us a shake We're in the studio Tempting fate Wherever you are Putting questions to the songs Which we randomly select here with the help of our friend Synchronicity. And now it's time for, and now it's time for, and now it's time for Radio Ball. Give us a shame. Welcome back to Radio 8 Ball, the show where we answer questions by picking songs at random and interpreting those randomly chosen songs as the answers to the questions, like picking musical tarot cards. I am your host, Andras Jones, here at Starburns Industries with Gabriel Gordon. Hello. He's providing the oracle fodder for our musical divinations and inviting friends and compatriots from his life in music. And we are now joined by one of them, Another man with an alliterative name. We've got a lot of alliterations going on here. Mm-hmm. Brian Bender. Uh, hello. Hello, well, Universe at Large. Welcome to Radio 8 Ball. We've got 2-2 two, two and 7-7 seven, seven in the house. 2-2, two, two, right. Two, two. Oh, <laughs> right. Oh, right. It's going to get Madonna party. If <laughs> Madonna party? Yeah, she's a big numerologist. Oh, and she's into the Kabbalah, too. Yeah, of exactly. course. Of course. Yeah. We've already been over the Sephiroth. The, yeah. and the, yeah. <laughs> was that what yeah. it was? Isn't yeah. that a bad guy from Final Fantasy? I think it was. I think it was. <laughs> someone, someone doesn't like uh, mystical Judaism. So... <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway, so ha- Brian, how do you know this this Gabriel Gordon cat? Well, I know this motherfucker uh, because of heartbreak. Actually, randomly enough, we we he, he broke your heart. Yeah, where? Well, we we were experiencing heartbreak at the same moment, um, yeah. and uh, you were getting a divorce, and I was getting out of like a five year very messy. That thing. one wasn't actually a divorce, but it Just it a, was it may as well have been yeah. uh, a very yeah. closely held long term relationship. Exactly, that wasn't legally a tax shelter. That had only been two years, but it felt like much longer. <laughs> So I met this dude because we were both, we had a mutual friend in uh, Aaron, the drummer for Brazilian Girls, and he and his wife were about to have, their then wife, were about to have their second kid, mm-hmm. and they were living in what was a great, like, stereotypical Maplethorpian kind of illegal Brooklyn warehouse <laughs> loft, but in the deep, dark, dark cut of Sunset Park. And so, yeah, he was like, yeah, man, you, you know, figured out, meet my friend Gabe, he's got the keys, he's been staying here, go find him and get the keys. You've already paid me the, the deposit, so it's cool, but just go get the keys. And then, uh, yeah, just fast, fast friendship ensued. Yeah. And you were, but you, so you were both having heartbreak at that same moment? We That's were. That's right. We, yeah. we got wasted one night in Lower East Side and, you know, kind of. We broke tied, down. Yeah. We tied one on, we and uh, and we're fast friends, and started working together. Not long after that, no, almost immediately. Yeah, yeah. we got. We and got what's what did you? Quick. And so you're you are a musician as well. I am a record producer by trade. Record producer by trade. Yeah, I came up in New York. All B sides. 
That's right. I smoked enough side. weed before I came. You just blew my mind, bro. Can Maybe you that's the problem with my career. It's my name. Can you imagine? That'd be great. It's a, you have the double A's. And, no, no. We released double B sides. Nobody plays any of these. <laughs> oh, this is going to be a hit. You're going to find somebody else to produce this. It's, it's not me. Yeah. I only make B sides. These are the ones that all your fans will love 36 years yeah, later. Right. Brian makes records for the future, for the present and the future. Yes. Everything this man works on is it's golden. So like in you know, yep. they'll find like you know, they'll find the fragments like later and they'll be like, Who is this big B B guy? <laughs> Actually, you know, I'm not I'm gonna I'm just out myself here on this on the internet right now, but once upon a time when I was Googling myself in, in Brooklyn, I was very because I, I don't have a fucking website. I'm all my business is word of mouth. If you know me, cool. If not, cool. And so one day I was like going through that shit that all artists do, and I'm like, should I get my digital life together? Do I need to like have a website? And so I Google myself in, in Brooklyn, and you know how Google, I mentioned Brooklyn because the zip code has to do with the search algorithm, right? Like other responses that are that are heavy in that area are like they're sort of collected uh, by geotags. So anyway, four or five years ago, if you would have Googled me in Brooklyn, the first five hits for my name were disambiguations. People trying to like go deeper into the search, like Brian Bender, Brian Bender producer, Brian Bender mixer, Brian Bender mother brand. Yeah. It's like, all right, fuck yeah, I'm doing the right shit then. Fuck it. Something that right. look got to be good looking because you're so hard to see. You know what I'm saying? In an era where everybody knows what the like consistency of other people's poops are because they know what the fuck they're eating every day, yeah. like maybe a little mystery is all right. You know, yeah. a little mystery is all right. Yeah. See. So, so you are you are Googleable, but you you're not gonna. All you're gonna find is other people looking. You, if you're looking for Brian Bender, you're only gonna find other people looking for Brian Bender. I mean, it's not like I'm not on Instagram. Fucking look on Instagram, Jesus. Right. Yeah, you know? he's there. Yeah, but I, you know, how do you how do you how do you communicate through Instagram? How do you solve a problem like Maria? He's already. Oh, is this? Your, are we getting into our questions for the Pop Oracle? No, that's no, it. No, yeah. That was what's a reference, and I can't. Think but it, of, it, no, it's a song, right? West Side Story. Yeah. yeah. Oh. The deep cuts, bro. I got caffeinated Just before this. You know. Yeah. You know. Actually, this this problem. is synchronicity. So, a friend of mine, who's a songwriter in, uh, who's been on the show many times, Raina Rose. She just posted on one of the things that her husband said that he likes West Side Story, that the West Side Story is better than Sound of Music. And she's like, who have I married? And I was like, someone who's right. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that must be so hard for you. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's just am I Am I wrong? No, that's West Side facts. Story is... I, I yeah, it's, I mean, it's a grown up. And sound of music as a kid. Yeah, right. You know, it's just I rest my case with that. <laughs> and on that note, <laughs> yeah. And on that bombshell. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> now you'll hear no, you'll hear no complaints from me there. Yeah. With that assertion. Okay, I just wanted to make sure that I was that I wasn't just crazy. No, far. No. No, or or Jewish. I mean, I also think like Leonard Bernstein. I'm Jewish, so I'm like, oh, I'm yeah. gonna go with the Leonard Bernstein instead of the Nazi musical. So of course, sure, you know, yeah. that's gonna. It was Nazi, right? Oh yeah. I mean, there's not a, a little bit. It was a lot of it. <laughs> there's a, yeah. right, right? That was the whole fucking <laughs> conflict, bro. <laughs> yeah. The, yeah, they're trying gone. to get away. Yeah, they're trying to get away from the Nazis, but you right. know, but there's a whole. Yeah, I don't want to get into the whole thing, but but they didn't. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just saying, I needed to get a little bit. I needed to get checked here because I don't know if I'm. It's just I'm speaking from my own prejudices of like, oh, I. I like, I like Leonard Bernstein. I don't like Nazis. I like Natalie Wood. Not so into Julie Andrews. Maybe it's just that's just me. Hey man, taste is what makes the world go round. Right. 
but we all agree, West Side Story. That's true. Okay. In this case, I think it's objective. In this case. <laughs> objective. That, that's how you solve a problem like Maria. <laughs> Get three people in a room that all agree. Agree. Agree on Maria. <laughs> so, gosh, you know, I... You're a fun guy. I could see why people would like to hang out. So, see, what see, is I, told I can't you. have a fucking website, bro. <laughs> what's your? It's deep for me. What's your? Uh, what's your instrument of of choice? Uh, the studio. The studio. Yeah. Well, so I, I I'm a bass player by training. I, I studied at the university with David Baker, who was like in George Russell's band in the '60s and shit. And I uh, some of the best producers are bass players. Dig it. Yeah. I just finished up a record with Don Was, famous bass player. Yeah. Super producer. This guy's on fire. Um, it literally. He's um, a, it's literally he's, <laughs> he's on fire. Don was is a guy who has figured out how to stop time. Don was is exactly. See, we're, here we are again. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's yeah. just like ding, ding, Don was is yeah. a guy. He's in the grammatical fourth dimension. So incredible. Like yes. Quantum superposition of, he has of his articles. His own rules. That's right. His own was rules. The was rules. Was not was rules. Yeah. 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 So yeah. So bass first, um, but then I, I ended up getting like a really fucked up wrist issue from practicing too much, and so I had to kind of step back and start doing a lot more arranging and composing and shit. And then I found in the music school that I was going to, there was a degree in, in a bachelor of science in audio technology, and so that's what I obtained. And uh, the last degree requirement is that you have to do an internship in the field, which fucking obviously, but. You know, they figure that shit out on, like, Full Sail and a lot of these other type of universities. And I was lucky enough that the professors knew that I was one of the kids that was fucked. Like, I was a lifer. So they hooked me up with this dude, Mark Plotty. <laughs> who, like, this guy yeah. needs special help. <laughs> you already grow your hair out. I see how this is going to wind up for you. Um, so he hooked me up with this dude, Mark Plotty, who, like, did a lot of the Bowie records in the 90s. And he was the MD for the Bowie band with, like, Sterling yeah. Campbell and Grace yeah. and all those motherfuckers, Earl right? Slick and the whole, Earl, yeah. yeah, right. Whole thing. <laughs> he produced um, Earthling, a bunch of those records. Even Earthling. Uh, yeah, yeah, right. Up to low, I feel like. Um, anyway, we had breakfast at Cafe Mogador in the East Village, and he was, like didn't talk shit about production at all. At the end of the hang, he was like, you seem cool. I'll get you a job with Philip Glass. <laughs> so I got a plane ticket and moved my ass like to that. fucking New York. That's you know? a good gig. Yeah, I was with Philip for five years. And then... Uh, what, what? Doing what? In the studio. Just yeah, basically, so, I'll do whatever. Yeah, well, I started working for a guy named Nico Muley, who's like a, you know, neoclassist kind of minimalist composer, brilliant guy. We were doing a lot of copy work for Philip, so I was cleaning up scores and taking handwritten manuscripts and turning them into what's performed in the studio. I was also assisting Michael Reisman, who famously is the left hand on Einstein on the Beach and has been the MD for a million years. You know, <laughs> that's Reisman, you know. Einstein uh, on the Beach. Yeah, and so... You know, we did a bunch of musicals and all that kind of shit. And then the reason I moved to New York is I'm a huge D'Angelo fan. D'Angelo, Erica Badu, all the, like, 90s neo-soul, all that shit. And that was all made primarily by a guy named Russ Elevato at Electric Lady back in the day. And so, you know, I bounced around a little bit, but the call came in that Electric Lady needed an assistant to go work with Russ, so I took that job and was there for about a year and a half um, and got to work with fucking Al Green and Doug Wimbish and Will Calhoun and Keziah Jones and Roy Hargrove and Pino and Questlove Quest and, and, and D'Angelo. D'Angelo, yeah. First time I met D'Angelo is a good story, but it has pantomime, so it might not be the best for a podcast. 
That's for a, when we when we may, when this becomes a TV show, we'll invite you back. If it gets picked up, I'll tell the D'Angelo yeah. story. It, it requires physical comedy. Yeah, though. well, that's a, that's just one more reason we should be picked up as. Are you listening, Dan Harmon? Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I don't mean to. I, I think he anyway, listens because he he's always putting little things in the in his Rick and Morty show about right. Like, actually, I'm sure he doesn't. But there are things that I've noticed. There's there was actually something in the last season where uh, Rick and Morty are traveling are in their their spaceship and they're having this moment of just sort of like zenning out and like, hey, we should just play everything and <laughs> on random. Yeah. I was like, Dan, you've been. <laughs> Get out of my lane! <laughs> hey, man, uh, not for nothing. My lawyer is sending you a little communique. <laughs> no, no. Actually, I, actually, the opposite. I'm like, please draw me into your lane. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> take, take. It's just sup on my body. Exactly. <laughs> my ample bosom. Have <laughs> creative milk. Have it all. <laughs> Have it all. Look at the studio. I get to... You see these these mics are some great mics. U eighty seven ARs, oh, classic TLM one hundred and three. I am so sure. spoiled. No, Get into true. work in here. It's, this is a yeah. lovely space, and I, I I will admit I'm a Rick and Morty super fan. Oh. Dan Dan generally is a super fan of his. Yeah, community so. was huge for I me. I fuck with Harmontown. Yeah. I'm down. Yeah, I saw you had uh, Spencer as a guest. We had Spencer Crittenden on. Come the show. on, bro! That's he was amazing. a lot of fun. He was one of our first guests on the show. Also, randomly enough, I've known James Combs since I was a child. Oh yeah, yeah. James yeah, yeah. Combs of Great Willow. Mm-hmm. Fantastic songwriter. Yeah, great dude, and too. super sweet guy. Yeah, yeah. Just the worst, right? Yeah, like, <laughs> hate pot. people like that. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I, I knew that. I knew this would be a, a, a fortuitous moment in time. Yeah, so happy. Well. You know, you hear he's doing my job. He's doing my job for me. Segways. Well, so Brian, what's your question for the Pop Oracle? Well, you know, I fucking overthought it like everybody does when they do this thing, I'm sure, and uh, thought about, you know, several angles. Not Gabriel. (laughs) (laughs) Full disclosure, I I was the one that got him high at like noon. Oh, okay. So that's my bad, internet at large. That's your good. All right. Oh, perfect. That's why I made coffee on the way up here, man. I want to offset that shit. Hey, we're in, it's Bounce. legal. That's exactly. what we call it. Oh, we just call it the California legal. Exactly. See? Well, so what I ultimately settled on was that music uh, for any, well, really, I mean, this could be extrapolated however far you wanted to, but for anyone that's in a creative job, that's usually to the exclusion of lots of the rest of your life. But also, especially with music, it's one of the most intersectional creative forms because it exists in so many other media. Like, when was the last time you saw a commercial that didn't have a piece of music in it? Right. When was the last time you saw a movie that didn't have a piece of music in it? So, my question is this to you. Music has obviously been a constant your whole life. Oh, now the question, not for Gabriel, it's for the pop oracle. For, for the, the pop universe, oracle. yeah. For, the, for you and for the universe at large, because yeah. I, I thought of, I was framing this as something that I wanted to have your answer to, but I'm even more curious to hear what the stars have to say now. What are the other constants in your life beyond music? What are the other, and so just for the listeners, what are the other constants in life, if we if we accept that music is a constant, right? and, and, and the, you know, you're actually using sort of mathematical terms we can say that whatever that constant is for you it might be something it might be dance it might be bartending it might be carpentry whatever your constant is so if beyond that so then so it's now we've got to be established so, and then the finish the question that's that's it and then i think you elucidated it beautifully yeah. beyond the constant if is what else is constant what else what are your other constants okay what are your other constants what so great question now two 
engage the pop oracle. You, Brian Bender, get to spin the wheel of eight. Na, 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 na. We love it. Spin. Oh, did you spin? It's fun. We oh. are on, it landed on one. It One has already been chosen. So okay. let's do that again. Shit, yeah. uh, hold on a second. See, uh, I just, because I'm all in all kinds I'm of tunes. A, I'm in a different universe. Yeah. So there we go. Let's go. Cool. Any way to turn that on, turn it up so we get the actual guitar? Oh, yeah, there is that way too. We've done that. We've done that sound. The, the uh, <clears throat> I'm just gonna get closer. Just you can't make this. a. I can't. I just don't want to do. Do I need to go? Just try. Go let's in there try right do it now? for fun. Let's okay, do it for fun. Let's do it for fun. Let's do it for fun. Why not? We got this f- big shot producer in the studio. I want to <laughs> press me, kid. I want to produce the shit out of this <laughs> session. <laughs> press me, kid. He's gonna be listening to it. <laughs> <laughs> Who so you, what you got? Who are you calling? Who are you oh, calling, kid? Oh, You're like... <laughs> like 15 years younger. Yeah. Than but that's, the, that's the condescension is, of course, the highest form of humor. <laughs> I'll take it. Absolutely. Uh, and now, to engage the pop oracle, you, Brian Bender, get to spin the wheel of eight. Na, 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 na. Song number two, Marine Lair. Well, okay. What is the other constant? In your life. (laughs) All right. Fog. (laughs) Yeah. It is fucking June. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Um, This one. It is June. Yeah, that's true. Court has high intrigue. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> high intrigue quotient. Yeah. What was what was it? She said notes of intrigue? Was that her? Oh, uh, chords of chords, inquiry. Chords of inquiry. There you go. Yeah, this sounds like your bass line is a, a nice chord of inquiry right here. Exactly. <laughs> okay, there we go. Flying overhead. Was it something that I did, or was it something I said? I'm looking down at the fog now, baby. Between you and me, and there ain't no maybes. But I wanna know. Gotta know, gotta know, are you real like me? Yeah. 
ancient Persia and Samaria too. They had 12 hour clocks, they had the wheel and fire too. But why is it so hard for you and me, baby, to, to pretend we got something that we lost a long, long time ago? Cause I've been looking down at the phone now, baby, wondering what to do. But I wanna know, do you feel like I do? I'm not so sure, but I gotta know, are you real like me too? Pacific Coast Highway heading into the sun Wash away the stains of what these days have done Bring me closer and then turn me loose I don't want to choose between misery and sorrow I only want for emotion Like me, and that was Marine. Layer from Gabriel Gordon, the answer to the question from Brian Bender, beyond music, what is the other, what are other constant? What else is constant? So, <clears throat> Gabriel, mm. I know you love telling, talking about where your songs come from and being very specific about what the inspiration was. That's, that's one of the things I like about you. So, so Gabriel, you want to tell us, you want to, you want to engage along that perilous path of telling us just enough so that we have something to work with <laughs> well there was uh there was a little road going into nowhere that i was recently looking at um in relation to the fog and i was wondering what who lived on the other side of that road what they would what knowledge they would have to impart uh basically yeah it's uh you know trying to find the other part of myself basically like, am I here? Am I there? Am I gonna? Am I gonna move forward? Basically. Okay. It's basically like self therapy. And is that a constant for you? Wondering about where you're headed? Not necessarily. I'm trying in these days. I'm trying to think as little as possible. I'm mean, thinking is great, but as far as going over and, and judging and going over things that were said or that I said or that I thought in the past, I'm just trying to just be in the moment. So, um, yeah, the, the answer to that last question is definitely no. Okay. Well, but, love talking with you about your songs, <laughs> Gabriel. <laughs> But what I can say, I'm nailing it. What I can say about that incredible question is that, uh, yeah, there's, you know, uh, yeah, we all have, we got to rise above the fog, basically. Got to rise above the fog. That would be my. That's what's interpretation. Okay. 
<laughs> Although, based on what Brian said, you are also not av- averse to it descending into the fog. No, not at no. all. Okay. So, so Brian... <laughs> I grew up in Santa Cruz, so... <laughs> bring it back to you. You grew up in Santa Cruz? I did. I was born in Santa Cruz. See, this is crazy, because I lived in Olympia. I live in Olympia. That's... I didn't know you were born in Santa Cruz. And my Cruz. brother's name is Gabriel. See? Yeah. What? That's why we have this, this is weird why. relationship that we have. Mm. It's like... It's very... It's, yeah. It's very it's cor- like, it's, brotherly. It's fun, but there's a push-pull thing. Yeah. Yeah. No, earlier I really pissed him off. It was it was incredible. <laughs> yeah. I'm so glad we got it on tape. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it was real. It was real. It was really it fucking real. It was like a 15-minute reset. Oh, yeah. yeah this know? is, uh, you know, I take this shit seriously. <laughs> I take, see. You know, I mean, someone could, hey, you know, if I came into your recording session and I did something, wouldn't you? Oh, absolutely. You'd prince the fuck out on me. What the? Oh, dude. Yeah. I'd double G out. You don't I'd look at me. You don't get to look at me anymore. <laughs> I'm sorry. What was that word that you said? Please get out of my session. <laughs> so, so, Brian, what did you think about that as the answer to your question? Well, I thought it was great. And practically and, and comedically speaking, the first line of your song my my lady and i we lived directly underneath the flight path from from burbank airport to lax <laughs> so too. fucking where, helicopters where, where do you live because i i'm right they go right over dude we're just in uh, atwater right off of chevy chase okay yeah yeah so like helicopters are a, a very big constant that's life. a constant for you it's constant. yeah, yeah exactly it takes a while to get used to mm-hmm yeah Anything else that jumped out of that? Well, I also loved the... Uh, he made some references to, like, the 12-hour clock, mm-hmm. which is... I mean, that's, the, that's the, the real true constant that none of us want to acknowledge in, a, in the creative industries, especially ones in which you need to be in front of things, mm-hmm. which is that the ravages of time are just fucking real, man. <laughs> that is a constant, whether or not you want to acknowledge it, you know? It's never changing. Yeah. The, yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the true definition of a constant... Yeah. Although there are those who argue for natural time, and in that case, sort of all you know, all the thing, all the markers that we use to determine what time is, is more like a cage that's been given to us, and it's it's arbitrary. It's not, you know, even though there are aspects you can say, okay, well, it's tied to the movement of the sun or the movement of the moon, but. And I guess, and I, I, I haven't done a lot of this work with the calendar, with uh, with clocks. It's more with calendars. Mm. Like the the twelve month year is a, with all these odd numbered months. When you could have a thir- you know, when there are thirteen moons in a in a year, it should be thirteen months. Of course, and then, but then, you, yeah. So basically, there are people who who believe that by choosing to tie ourselves to this uh, Roman time, Gregorian time. Mm. Which that, there was some massive mistakes in. Yeah, that we are, basically everyone is, we are, that's why we're, in, that's one of the reasons we are insane, because we are not in, we're, we're connected to this arbitrary time, which is time is money, as opposed to natural time, which has a greater ebb and flow to it. It's but, like more like a Spain, sort of Spanish version of living, right? <laughs> Like four-hour dinners. Spanish and like. slash Jamaican, maybe. <laughs> yeah, never right. been, uh, exactly. sadly, never been to Spain or Jamaica, but I love natural time, and yeah. so, you know. Yeah. But anyway, okay. I had several ideas about how this, this song might relate to your question. So there's a line in it, 
I always think it's interesting when I mishear a line. Mm. I think, oh, well, that's a synchronicity. Mm. You know, mistakes are, are all great synchronicities. So, and I thought, so that when I, when I heard you, I thought you said, looking down at the phone, baby. I was like, oh, that's a constant. Yeah, right. Everyone's looking oh, down at their phone. That's funny. That's the way I heard that line as well, actually. Yeah. Yes. And then I looked at it and I was like, oh, looking down at the fog. Which is like, oh, well, exactly. We're go- we're going into the fog of looking oh, into the phone. That's good. So, but it made me wonder, like, where were when the image of looking down at the fog? I feel like the only time that I have that experience is once I was in San Francisco, in a staying with a friend on one of those buildings, one of those old apartments on the mm-hmm. hill, mm-hmm. and you can stand on top of the building. On the yeah. roof of the building, and the clouds are beneath you or going around you, and so looking down at the fog. But I've never had that experience other than that, really, I don't think. Well, it just happened to me in, in Malibu up on yeah. one of these hills. Like, look, and I was looking down at the fog. It's just, you know, on land. It's a very, it's pretty rare. It's a, yeah, it's it, a rare it occurrence. Feel, and it, feel, it feels like magical. Like, it is magical. I yeah. am above the clouds. <laughs> yeah, exactly. exactly. And there's wisps and, you know, there's all <laughs> tingly stuff yeah. happening and like you're looking around like getting chills see this top yeah. of the world mom <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> exactly yeah no it was it was, it was a moment it was a, a spiritual spiritual uh, and awakening then, and then the other thing I was just the other this is maybe a more morbid thought mm-hmm. I was thinking of the idea of layers and layers of dead soldiers did you know marine like oh that so much of uh that one of the constants in life oh. is this you know constant war and constant conquest and i use this mm. i use the term in the show oracle fodder our songs are oracle fodder but the mm. songs don't have to die in order to be oracle fodder but it comes from the idea of cannon fodder sure. so the idea of layers of marines and i don't it doesn't necessarily have to be the fallen it could just be layers going back in time of people who are convinced to do things that are inhuman for the sake of again it's more like being tied to irrational truths like irrational not uh, irrational arbitrary time or irrational rules about you must tear this baby from their mother mm-hmm. and not allow them to hug because those are the rules and we follow orders when we work for ice oh sorry yeah <clears throat> yeah no it's yeah it's it's insanity so like layers of like something about a constant laws. of like the layers of militarism and that kind of thinking yeah not a positive constant uh, but there is something about it's again in the fog we're talking about the fog mm-hmm. and the fog is where we get lost Right. And so that there is, even though the, I, I, I do appreciate the fog of the California legal, they're all there when you think about the looking into the phone and the fog. Yeah. Some of the constants, a lot of the constants are not pleasant. Except at the same time, some would say that th- that makes them, that, in, that truly they aren't constant. Eventually, these arbitrary things, they may take us down with them, mm-hmm. but the, the sea survived the Titanic. Yeah right. Yeah right. <laughs> sure. Right. So did, yeah right. Yeah. I'm a, I'm a firm believer in like the the optimistic side of existentialism, which is the sense that we all sort of have this glass fashioned out of our ego, and that our lives are what we choose to fill it with. You know what I mean? So, constants in in both directions, constants that can be seen as truly negativisms or like just kind of the facts of reality. You know, mm-hmm. it, it, a lot of that depends on your 
interpretation at any given moment, you know? I used to trip on this a lot in New York, actually, is just kind of seeing the infrastructure of the city there. Mm-hmm. And, like, taking a second to be cognizant of how many shoulders you're standing on to right. even just be fucking put out by the subway. Mm-hmm. You know, there are thousands and thousands of people that had to do that and to the point that they fucking expired mm-hmm. just so that you could be put out well, trying couple, to get to your thing on the train that day. You know what I mean? people almost died today when some, things, some cardboard or concrete fell on the four and five platform at Union Square. But, today? Uh, yeah, just today, but uh, just a couple of bruises. But yeah, it's crazy. It's it is incredible that it still works, but it's it's uh, it's falling apart. But, yeah. But here we are on the edge of a, the continent on a on a continental shelf that just could it's funny when, when at you, any minute. Well, so. It's funny when you said <laughs> the the positive side of existentialism. I was talking to, I was talking about my friend who I was hanging out with who was working on this Vonnegut documentary, and um, the I got to see Vonnegut speak in New York City. Mm. I had this amazing. Wow. The most am- I the most amazing week I ever spent. Really, it's maybe in competition with other great weeks. But I was on tour and I was in New York for a week. And in the course of five days, I saw Billy Bragg play for free at Borders. All <laughs> <Grand> Clubs. <laughs> I saw yeah, Elvis Borders. Costello and Burt Bacharach play for free at Virgin Records. And then I saw Kurt Vonnegut talk in this writers in the round thing at Borders again for free. I'm like, New York what? City, they're just no one. I don't feel bad about not getting paid for my gig because right. these they're just yeah. giving this <laughs> they're giving it the away. best <laughs> stuff in the world <laughs> away. Yeah. Okay. So uh, and they actually made this uh, this Vonnegut talk into a book, and someone asked him. He was pretty. He was later and is very close to the end for him, and someone asked him. So. Mr. Vonnegut, is there anything that makes you optimistic? And he says, yeah, I'm going to die. <laughs> <laughs> That's the salt of the fucking earth right yeah. there, man. Indiana boy. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. Hey, is that where you're from? Amen, man. Born and bred. Oh, wow. Yeah. Synchronicity. Absolutely. See that? Bloomington, Indiana. Have you ever toured through Bloomington? Uh, I'm sure I've toured through it. I don't know if I stopped there. That's like anybody that's, that's best, been in a national touring band, spot. I find it's like 80, 80% chance that they know like, oh yeah, I've been to the uh, Yeah, I was, it was, that's it was fully in the touring and the, and the and I, we weren't on any particular, the route we were on was like, oh, the drummer has friends in <laughs> right. Princeton, New Jersey. Exactly. What can we get around Princeton, New Jersey? <laughs> yeah. Fucking stone pony, man. <laughs> yeah. Come on. <laughs> I guess Asbury's kind of fucking far away from Princeton. Isn't Not it? that far. Not it, when you for us, no, no, you get your hub and you work out of that. For, you have a free place to stay yep. with the parents for a week, and right. we're gonna just hit everything. You know, get to New York. We're gonna do everything yep. we can around there. Right. And then move on. Oh, we got a friend, one of the the keyboard players from Columbia, Missouri. Okay, <laughs> well, let's, let's get on that road. Exactly. <laughs> Harmonica players from Baltimore. Okay. Yeah, so we, Everybody got the old bay. Let's yeah, do this. Yeah, it's a great thing about bands in LA is that everyone's from someplace else. So you go tour. You get the bigger the band, the more places you can play. Fair fucking point. Yeah, yeah. but that's when. Uh, that's uh, of course when uh, when gas was cheap. Right. Yeah, I can't imagine touring now. I don't even know. I'm sure people make it work though. Just Uber it. Yeah, right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> It'll be I fine. Mean, yeah, I'm an Uber. Like you be an Uber driver and you go to tour and then you're like, oh. what? 
Turn it on. Okay, well, I'm just going to drive. I'm going to do an Uber for two days right. in Chicago. And it's then. It's not a bad idea, actually. actually I wonder really also idea. if you could, like, if a sprinter is a qualifying vehicle for Uber Limo. <laughs> yeah. Do you know what I mean? So or you could, just like, pick up bands. Like, a higher rate. Also true. <laughs> Band Uber. <laughs> Boober. <laughs> different app. Bo- Boober? <laughs> That's a different app. <laughs> but different app, yeah. It's, yeah. Man, we just gave our idea away <laughs> and just because Dan Harmon's listening we're oh, fucked yeah. no, he's already fucking copyrighted it yeah he owns everything we say exactly I'm parked in your spot right now though <laughs> did you did you park in no <laughs> they didn't like that joke when I did that bit at the village recorder either <laughs> yeah. I fucking pulled up and they have a spot that's like you know it's like emblazoned in like gold leaf it's like this spot is reserved for T-Bone Burnett you know and I was like it's cool if I park in T-Bone spot right and Nobody. the woman at the reception desk was like Oh no. No, no, no. no. You need to move your car right now. I'm like, I didn't fucking park in T Bone's spot, but now I feel like I should have. <laughs> you know? Come on, it's, it's, we're joking here. <laughs> I guess my dead T Bone might is... be listening. Yeah, that's exactly. true. That guy what? took my spot. T Bone, I didn't take your spot, man. I just I was trying to make some some jokes. I was just trying to to bring a little levity to my experience exactly. of the reception area. Shout he, you know, shout he's to probably he was the, supposed uh, to do actually, the show, but we we, this, we couldn't yeah, this goes back to the 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 Joni Mitchell episode. Yeah, we ta- the the way we I met Gabriel is he was he came on to this Joni Mitchell tribute episode that went off the rails really bad in and some quickly. in some really interesting ways <laughs> early on <laughs> yeah. in the evening, and and it just it, it devolved. But one of the things that was really that I thought was really interesting about that was so afterwards I was just. I was mortified because I'm a guest here in these studios. There was like, they, they people got into the bar back there, mm-hmm. and was, and the and the folks who work here, you know, the people who are responsible for cleaning it up, were just like, "What did you do? <laughs> what did you do?" And of course, because they had to clean it up, and they're responsible. So I'm fr- so Dino Stamatopoulos is the uh, reason I'm here. He's sure. he's Starburns. Starburns, and he's my he's an old old friend, and so I I I. I you know, I'm, I'm so sorry. I'm so you know, I, you know, it would never happen if I, you know, it's just like you know, he just wrote back. That's why we have a bar. <laughs> right. He didn't care, and it's probably the same thing with T Bone Burnett. Right. T Bone Burnett, like, oh, then I'll park in another spot. But the person who's responsible for making sure T Bone's oh, bot- no. spot is there, exactly. no, I can get fired if you, exactly. like, because that's their job. Someone told them. Don't you let anyone park in? And it's the same it's thing. Too. And again, it's very important. And it's reasonable. Like if I'm, you know, when I'm when I'm working in a, if I'm a, the busboy in a bar, right. my job is m- to do what people have told me and to just. No, you can't do that. Whereas the right. own, the owner will come up and be like, "No, give him another drink." Like, okay, totally, man. I so, have a great rock and roll story for you if you guys want a good rock and roll story. Let's Easy go out on a that. great rock and roll story. So the last Al Green record, uh, the one that Blue Note put out called Lay It Down, we did at Electric Lady, right? The one that Questlove and, and yep. uh, all them were producing. And so we were doing the basics, the basic tracking there, meaning like the the, ba- the basic band recording that then they took back to the gold studio in Philly and edited together to make the, the record, right? And this was like the third writing session, something like that. And uh, I had just gotten on the gig because personnel issues with the studio blah blah but anyway i get a call a couple weeks out from the session and this woman that's kind of like breathless like assistant kind of person calls me up and is like okay great so uh, how's hypoglycemic and last time at the session there were cookies 
And it was a big hit because Al's hypoglycemic and working is very energetically consumptive for him. So please make sure to have those cookies. I'm like, hey, cool, man. No, yeah, sure. No problem. Do you know where they got them? I'm not sure, but he loved them. Please get the same ones. No problem. <laughs> you know? <laughs> and so I communicated this to management and management got tight because they got, the, I guess, Blue Note took so long to pay them last time that he was like, fuck that shit. We're not buying them any cookies. I was like, how many times have you had sex in your life because of this man? Like, give up 30 bucks for the dude to have some fucking cookies. Like, it's fucking Al Green, dude. $30 cookies? Do you know? Well, just like a bunch. You go to fucking, you know, Dean and DeLuca and buy a it's bunch. You get a platter. You get the yeah. platter of cookies. So, you know, okay, cool, man. You're not going to do it. Day of, everybody starts showing up. And then, of course, like, this woman shows up. And it's immediately apparent from her energy, like... She's this kind of, like, avian kind of person. I'm like, where are those cookies? Oh, my God. And so I'm trying to, like, cool it out. I'm like, you know, I communicated this to the runners downstairs, but I don't know. I guess they haven't come up. So I'm going to go check on that. And then just fucking immediately ran out of the studio and went and bought the cookies myself. <laughs> yeah. You know? The denouement of that story is that I didn't see him eat a fucking one of them the whole fucking day. Like, I spent $40 of my own, like, $10 an hour ass making money, you know? Like, I spent half the money that I made that day. <laughs> like, you eat ever, the goddamn cookies. The goddamn did you ever cookies. read the the Bill, Bill Graham biography? No. That's basically his great rock and roll story is that Otis Redding was playing at the Fillmore, and Otis Redding said... You got a, you got a, I mean, we wanted a Pepsi or it was a, he had, they, all, they only had Coke and he wanted a Pepsi, he wanted a, what's something. Right. And Bill Graham ran and found and was able to get Otis Redding the Pepsi that he wanted. Right. And he was like, that's how much I care about my artists. And you basically lived that out. Al Green should, should, should know. Maybe Otis Redding didn't know that was such a special Coke, but it was a special to Bill Graham. Exactly. Just like the cookies were. Exactly. Yeah, it was a thing for me because I've certainly gotten laid so a lot of times. we found that what is, <laughs> what's, a, what's a constant <laughs> is that no matter how big you get in this business, you might have to run and get someone, get one of the legends a cookie or, <laughs> or a Pepsi. Or, Whatever. Exactly. <laughs> and you might, again, you might be T-Bone Burnett, but if you're working with Bob Dylan and Bob Dylan's like, I want an orange. Yeah. T-Bone Burnett's like, I got to get a fucking orange yeah, for Bob. Yeah. No, take my spot, Bob. Yeah, no, yeah, it's totally cool. <laughs> right. somebody else's car to go get so he doesn't want to lose a spot. So. Yeah, man, man. And uh, speaking of not losing their spot, we have a guest who's, uh, who we need to get on the phone. So, Absolutely. Brian, thank you for being on this. This is too Absolutely much fun. I'd pleasure. love to have you back Incredible, on the show. Brian. Anytime. I'm close enough that I can bring a cup of coffee from home and it's still warm when I yes. get here. If you have any, have any artists you're working with who you think might be good on the show, let me know. Oh, we'll, yeah. We'll oh, yeah. You know, Heather. The next time Heather, Heather comes, Heather time, has to do this. Yeah. Show. Oh, Heather. 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 Christian. Heather is amazing, yeah. and she's, she's like a yeah. force of nature. What's her last name? Christian. Christian. Ah, it's not a double H. Good. No, we're breaking the spell. H-C. We're breaking the spell. <laughs> okay. Cool. Yeah. Great. Eight, three. Feel free to hang. Sweet. Don't. Uh, there's. Uh, yeah. There's still, right. there's still some snacks still out there. Some, there's, and there's a. I have. A, I have. Unless a, if you need to leave, of course. I'm gonna go do some baking, actually. Oh yeah. Some what? Some baking. Yeah. Baking, so of course. Oh, of course, tomorrow is the birthday. I'm going to smoke weed, but I'm also going to do some baking. <laughs> yeah. Thanks for listening to Radio 8 Ball. If you enjoy the show, please subscribe to us on iTunes or Stitcher, and check out our website and the links provided for info about past and future shows on the Radio 8 blog, our ongoing Patreon campaign, and where you can download our Radio 8 Ball app that allows you to engage the Pop Oracle directly in the form of every song ever performed in the history of Radio 8 Ball. I hope today's musical divination brings and brought the sync to you wherever you are. 
And until next time, I'm your host, Andras Jones, wishing you lots of spine-tingling synchronicities, connections with the natural world, and all the inspiration you can handle. It's the Radio Wave Show.